0: Decide what you want, decide what you are willing to exchange for it, establish your priorities, and go to work. Welcome to Episode 7 of the Financial Clarity Podcast, dedicated to helping you make smart money decisions, live your values, achieve your dreams, and get more life from your money. Hello, I'm Mark Sinderson, and thanks for joining me for this episode of the podcast. In today's episode, we'll discuss the importance of priorities in our life. And in the fun money segment, I'm going to give you some inside tips on how to save a bunch of money while you make one of the tastiest snacks ever. As always, the show notes, along with any links and additional resources for this episode, can be found at financialclaritypartners.com FCP Now, we can't officially start until I recite that all-important disclaimer. Please remember that when you listen to this or any other financial podcast that you shouldn't take advice from me on this show. I don't know you or your specific situation, and you don't know me very well, so please think of this show as just helpful information, tips, and education. Before you make any decisions about your financial life, Make sure to speak with your legal advisor, your tax advisor, or your financial advisor. It's just the smart thing to do. Life is all about decisions. Whether we like it or not, we don't have unlimited resources or unlimited time. And as a result, we must make decisions about how best to allocate those limited resources on a daily basis. No matter where we are at financially, where we live, or what we do for a living, It's the decisions we make and the priorities we set each and every day that largely determine where we end up. Now, we've probably all heard the stories about the lotto winners who uh, are bankrupt in five years. And on the other end, the story of the janitor or librarian who died and gave $5 million to charity. In both of these cases, the ending of the story was the result of decisions made well before the end. Is either one of those better than the other? Well, not necessarily. The janitor or librarian, while they gave millions to charity on their death, might have lived a life of such extreme self-deprivation that they never really had a chance to enjoy life. On the other hand, the lotto winners might have had a hell of a fun time in those five years before they went bankrupt. Which one's better? Well, I guess ultimately it depends on how you look at things and where your priorities are. Everyone is different, and as a result, everyone's goals and objectives are different, for better or worse. The important thing is to do what you can to best manage the resources you have in the way that you want them managed throughout your life. Now, if we take some time to evaluate and prioritize our lives based on what we truly want to achieve, there's a much better chance that we will thrive rather than just survive in life. In today's world, pretty much every decision we make, good or bad, involves money in some way. We either give it up to get something we want, or give something up in order to get some of it. Because of that, people often assume that money is the ultimate goal, which would be wrong. Money isn't the goal. Life is the goal. Having a bunch of money in the bank at the expense of missing out on the opportunities to live and enjoy life isn't really an optimal solution for most people. Money is just a tool to be used. Money by itself does nothing and means nothing. The entire value of money is based on what other people will accept or provide for some of it. So in order to live the life we want to live, however we define that, it's up to us to set money-based priorities in pretty much every area of our life and review and update those priorities on a regular basis. By doing that, we can help allocate our limited resources Balance out the long-term versus short-term needs we have while living and make sure that we have the life that we want to live. Now, here's some examples of maybe some typical decisions many of us might be faced with. Do I take the higher paying job with a longer commute or do I stay closer to home and get paid a little less? Do I contribute an extra 5% to my 401k plan or do I take a vacation? Do I buy that new sports car that was on the cover of the magazine, or the more practical lower-priced sedan that we really need? Do I aggressively pay down my mortgage by taking all my savings, or do I keep paying the mortgages required and keep the cash in the bank? Do I take my bonus and buy something I've always wanted, or do I put the bonus into my long-term savings? Now, these examples seem to be black or white decisions or as I call them, or decisions, but they're not. Almost nothing in life is black and white, but rather shades of gray, or think of them as and decisions. The final outcomes or answers for these and every other decision we make will be based on how we prioritize things and our long-term objectives. So let's take a look at each of those questions with an eye towards the and side of things. So instead of saying, do I take a higher paying job with a longer commute or stay close to home and get paid a little less? What if it was, hey, I can take a higher paying job. It has a slightly longer commute, but I'm able to negotiate the ability to work from home a few days a week. That will allow me to get more pay and spend a little more time at home. So contributing 5% to my 401k extra would be great but I really want to take that vacation. How about I contribute 3% extra to my 401k this year and take a slightly less expensive vacation. Next year, I can increase it to 5%. Man, I really want to buy that new sports car that was on the cover of the magazine this year instead of that practical lower-priced sedan. Hey, what if I bought the sports car that was on the cover of last year's magazine, it'll be a little bit less expensive, it'll still be fun to drive, and buy the practical lower price sedan that our family needs. That's a good solution. Now I'd really like to pay down my mortgage, but I would have to tap into my savings in order to do that. What if I took part of my savings, paid down part of my mortgage, lowered the principal a little bit, but I kept some of the savings in the bank just in case? That's a good solution. Do I take my bonus and buy something I've always wanted? or do I put it into long-term savings? What if I took part of my bonus and buy something I've always wanted that maybe is a little less expensive than my ideal something I've always wanted, and I'll take the rest of the bonus and put it into my long-term savings? As you can see, when we approach the decisions we have to make with a more open mind, the possibilities become much greater, and we can really have our cake and eat it too, to a certain extent. It's much easier to view things as opportunities rather than obstacles if we've taken some time to establish our priorities around our lives and our money. Now those priorities can give us uh, some context in which to make our decisions. And once we have that context uh, in which we wanna operate, we can create many more opportunities. Uh, Now coming up with priorities and creating context uh, just doesn't happen. It is gonna take some planning. But the good news is, the planning doesn't need to be super complicated it just needs to be realistic and consistent so here's the basic steps of how a lot of times you can go through and establish priorities and start being more proactive when you're decision making instead of reactive first take some time to get an honest accounting of where you are at from a financial and a time perspective how much money and time do you have available to you And where are you currently allocating those resources? Where are you currently allocating that money in that time? Now, for many of us, uh, we probably don't have off the top of our head exactly how much money is coming in and how much money is going out. And we probably don't even really have a sense of how much time we're spending doing different things. So to help you kind of get an accounting, you might need to use some tools like a budget uh, or a calendar to kind of track your time or budget to kind of track your money. Now, there's lots of options out there, and I know many people hate the idea of budgeting. But in order to get a real sense of where you are at currently, you need to know where you're at. And the best way to do that is to at least track things for a while to get a a, a sense of exactly what's coming in and what's going out. There's lots of budgeting tools out there. One I've used personally and still continue to use to this day is called You Need a Budget or uh, acronym YNAB, Y-N-A-B. Check them out. It's a uh, what's called a zero-sum budgeting software application and it works fantastic. Uh, If you have any questions, just let me know at Market Financial Clarity Partners. I'll be able to give you some tips and uh, ideas on maybe how to set it up for yourself. But it's a really powerful tool. You can use whatever you want though. The important thing is to get a real sense of what's coming in and what's going out, both on the money side and on the time side. Now once you've done that and you've got a good uh, idea, that's your starting point. This is it's your current reality, where you're at today. Then once you've got an idea of what's coming in and what's going out and how you're currently allocating things, think about where you want to be and what you want to be doing in the future maybe one year, five, ten, twenty years out or more. Be as specific as you can and go ahead and write down your goals. These are essentially what you're going to be establishing is your goals for both the short-term and the long-term. So, to help you do that, take a look at uh, what you enjoy doing. Well, also, what are some things you don't particularly like doing and how would you change that? Take those and try to uh, extend those out over time. So instead of just thinking about what do I want for dinner tonight, think about where would I like to have dinner five years from now? Start planning out a little bit. Uh, These don't have to be written in stone, uh, and they will definitely change, but it'll get you thinking a little bit longer term, which will will help you in your decision-making, both short-term and long-term. So once you've done that, Those are your goals as they are today. Now, you've got an idea of what's coming in and what's going out. You've established some goals. And now you're gonna want to to try to get an idea of what it's gonna take to reach those goals. So you're gonna need to put some numbers to those goals to get an idea of what it might take of your available money and your time in order to reach the goals. So if one of your goals is to purchase a new car in five years, you probably want to have an idea at uh, uh, roughly what that car is going to cost. Is it going to be a $15,000 uh, economy car or is your goal to have a, a, a $250,000 Lamborghini in five years? Put some numbers to it. Get an idea at least what you're trying to achieve. A vacation. A lot of people want to plan for vacations. The problem is people don't think about how much it really costs for that vacation both in money and time. If you're looking to plan a long vacation, well you might have to plan for maybe a sabbatical from work. What if your current employer doesn't allow sabbaticals? What do you do? Do you still take that big vacation and say hasta la vista to work and find another job when you get back? People have done that and it's not necessarily a wrong decision, but you want to know what you're shooting for. so. Put some numbers to it, both in um, time and money. Now, once you've done that, you've got an idea kind of what you're shooting for. And you don't have to worry about getting an exact number. Just get in the ballpark so you know what you're dealing with. Now, when you do that, you're probably going to notice that, in some cases, you might not have enough resources to meet those goals. So maybe you don't have enough money in the bank. Or maybe you don't have enough time available to do a certain goal. That's okay. All those are are gaps, and those gaps need to be accounted for in some way. So here's where priorities start to come into the mix. Take a look at any of those gaps that you have and decide how important the goal associated with that is. So if you want to buy a new car in five years and your goal is to buy a $250,000 Lamborghini, you probably are going to have a big gap between your current reality and your future goal. Take a look at that and say, well, is that Lamborghini really that important? Eh, Maybe yes, maybe no. Uh, Maybe it is something that you've decided that is extremely important and we're going to sacrifice everything in order to get that Lamborghini. I hope it's a big Lamborghini because you might have to live in it, okay? But the the uh, decide how important that particular goal is. Is it something that is extremely important, maybe somewhat important, or not that important given everything else that's going on? There's no right or wrong answers, but you do want to uh, assign some priorities to each of those goals. F- write down or build that initial list of priorities uh, to kind of help you in your thinking and your day-to-day approach to decision-making that we all have to make. Take a look at, uh, at those priorities. Take a look at what's important, what isn't important. Maybe the stuff that isn't as important uh, gets pushed to the back a little bit. The stuff that's very important, well, that's gonna rise to the top, and that's gonna be what you're gonna wanna focus on either in the short-term or the long-term. Now, however you get to this point where you've established priorities, the advantage is, is that once you've started to prioritize things, the picture of your life and how you're gonna go through it usually becomes much, much clearer. And you really find yourself empowered to start making things happen consciously and actively instead of just waiting for things to uh, to happen to you or decisions to be made for you. You're in control now. You've, you've flipped the, you've turned the table. You are in a position of power and decision-making instead of on the other side of just kind of dealing with what life heaps on us every day. So as time goes by, your goals are gonna change and your priorities are gonna be reshuffled. Guaranteed. It's gonna happen. It could happen next month, it could happen next year, It could happen 10 years from now, but it is gonna happen. Don't worry about that. That's completely normal. Life is just too fluid and things change. None of us have crystal balls. So we just have to be able to roll with the punches. And the key in all of this is even though those priorities and goals are going to change in the future, the key is is that you right now are going to be actively involved in the process instead of just kind of passively drifting through life. The end result is you're not going to be surviving. You're actually going to be thriving. You're going to be in more control of your day-to-day life and living life uh, as fully as you can instead of just getting through. And that's really the goal. Priorities can help you thrive instead of just survive. Now these processes and these questions and everything that I've described is essentially what happens during the financial planning process. A true financial plan considers your time as well as your money and helps you prioritize both in order to achieve your goals. So, if you'd like some help in building your own list of goals and priorities, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, you can give me a, a call, <laughs> an email, at mark at financialclaritypartners.com and uh, we, can, we can talk a little further and see if my services might be a match for what you're trying to achieve. Okay, on to the fun money segment. Now I kind of gave you a teaser at the beginning. I said I was going to give you some inside tips on the best snack ever. Well that snack is jerky. Now I loves me some jerky as I'm sure many of you do. Jerky, whether it's beef, turkey, elk, venison, or some other tasty meat is a great snack. It's full of protein, it's compact, and it's portable. The problem is that if you buy jerky at the store it's pretty darn expensive, costing anywhere between $1.50 to three dollars an ounce or more for some of those fancy-pants artisan jerkies. (laughs) Well, to combat that high price, uh, I've made my own jerky uh, many times over the years. Homemade jerky is still a treat, but by paying attention to the ingredients I use and buying quality beef when it's on sale, I can get my cost down to much, much less than a dollar an ounce. Now, over the years, I've tried a number of recipes and methods uh, with varying degrees of success. But my brother recently turned me on to a fantastic recipe over at amazingribs.com i've got a link to that in the show notes now the thing is that this recipe it's really easy and it's super super tasty now the recipe is is soy sauce based so if you have a It's not gluten-free, so if you do have a a gluten allergy or you don't want gluten, you can get um, wheat-free soy sauce, but it's based on a standard soy sauce, and it adds some molasses, some whiskey, um, and hot sauce to the mix. Now, unlike many other jerky recipes that just say mix up the marinade, slice the meat, marinate it, and then put it in a dehydrator or dry it out, the Amazing Ribs, recipe suggests that you cook the jerky for a couple of hours at uh, somewhere between 200 and 250 degrees uh, just to kind of make sure you kill all the nasty uh, bacterial stuff and then go ahead and dry the jerky either in the oven or a dehydrator. Now I've used the recipe a couple of times with excellent results. One time I used it uh, I cooked the jerky on my big green egg and smoked it for a couple hours and the other time I just cooked it in the oven They both came out fantastic. The big green egg version uh, definitely had a little bit more of a smoky flavor, which it should, but the oven version came out great as well. I can highly recommend this recipe. So if you're into jerky and want to save some serious cash while still eating the good stuff, definitely check out the recipe. Now, Beef jerky is just really one example of the many food items you can make yourself and save big money over store-bought items. And all it takes really is a little research, motivation, and time on your part. Basically, you just need to make a priority to do it. And so it's another great thing that you can definitely prioritize, uh, save money, and take advantage of uh, all the great recipes that are out there. So for all you jerky lovers out there, try the recipe, and I'd love to hear uh, your comments on what you thought. Okay, well, that's about it for this episode of the Financial Clarity Podcast. If you'd like to subscribe and receive each new episode as soon as it's released, you can definitely do that. Uh, you can su- subscribe over on iTunes, Google, or, or Stitcher. And if you like what you hear and you want to help the show get a much wider audience, one of the best ways to do that is to leave a positive review. You can do that on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Uh, again, uh, it's really one of the best ways to spread the word. And any positive comments and uh, uh, thing about the show, I would, I would really appreciate you uh, sharing with others. And on that same note, I'm always looking for feedback, comments, and suggestions on how I can make the podcast better. Uh, just shoot me an email at mark at com with any ideas, comments, and suggestions. Now, you can find us uh, over on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash financialclaritypartners. Uh, we're on Twitter at plan with clarity you can also check out my personal twitter feed at mark cinderson and also we're on google plus so check us out there i uh, hope to see you over there as well and uh, that's it for the for this episode thanks again for listening and take care